0: part one chapter seven and eight of dr dolittle's post office this librivox recording is in the public domain dr Doolittle's post office by hugh lofting part one chapter seven the animal's paradise at length the extraordinary creature that had come to their rescue reached the island and with jip and the doctor still clinging to his wide back he crawled out of the water onto the beach and then John Dolittle, seeing its head for the first time, cried out in great excitement. Jip, it's Aquifinodocus, as sure as I'm alive.
1: Aquifinodocus? asked Jip. Quiffinodocus, said the doctor. A prehistoric beast. Naturalists thought they were extinct, that there weren't any more live ones anywhere in the world. This is a great day,
0: Jip. I'm awfully glad I came here the tremendous animal which the fantippins had called a dragon had now climbed right up the beach and was standing fully revealed in all his strangeness at first he looked like some curious mixture between a crocodile and a giraffe he had short spreading legs but enormously long tail and neck on his head were two stubby little horns as soon as the doctor and Jip had climbed down off his back he swung his head around on the end of that enormous neck and said to the doctor
2: do you feel all right now
0: yes thanks said john too little
2: i was afraid
0: said the creature
2: that i wouldn't be in time to save your life it was my brother who first saw you we thought it was a native and we were getting ready to give him our usual terrifying reception. But while we watched from behind the trees, my brother suddenly cried, Great heavens, that's Dr. Doolittle and he's drowning. See how he waves his arms. He must be saved at any cost. There isn't one man like that bored in a thousand years. Let's go after him quick. Then word was passed around the island that John Doolittle, the great doctor, was drowning out in the streets. Of course, we had all heard of you, and rushing down to a secret cove which we have on the far side of the island. We dashed into the sea, and swam out to you under water. I was the best swimmer, and got to you first. I'm awfully glad I was in time. You're sure you feel all right?"
1: "'Oh, quite,'
0: said the doctor.
1: "'Thank you. But why did you swim under water?'
2: "'We didn't want the natives to see us said the strange beast they think we are dragons and we let them go on thinking it because then they don't come near the island and we have our country to ourselves
0: the creature stretched his long neck still longer and whispered in the doctor's ear
2: they think we live on men and breathe fire but all we ever really eat is bananas, and when anyone tries to come here, we go down to a hollow in the middle of the island, and suck up the mist, the fog that always hangs around there, then we come back to the beach, and roar, and rampage, and we breathe the fog out through our nostrils, and they think it's smoke that's the way we've kept this island to ourselves for a thousand years and this is the only part of the world where we are left where we can live in peace
1: how very interesting said the doctor naturalists have thought your kind of animals are no longer living you know you are quifanodaki are you not
2: oh no said the beast the Equiphanidoccus has gone long ago. We are the Piphalosaurus. We have six toes on the back feet, while Equiphanidocci, our cousins, have only five. They died out about two thousand years ago.
1: But where are the rest of your people? Asked the doctor. I thought you said that many of you had swum out to rescue us.
2: They did
0: said the epiphylosaurus
2: but they kept hidden under the water lest the natives on the shore should see and get to know that the old story about the dragon's mother-in-law wasn't true while i was bringing you here they were swimming all around you under the water ready to help if i needed them they have gone around to the secret cove "'so they may come ashore unseen. "'We had better be going on ourselves now. "'Whatever happens, we mustn't be seen from the shore "'and have the natives coming here. "'It would be the end of us if that should ever happen, "'because between ourselves, although they think us so terrible, "'we are really more harmless than sheep.
1: "'Do any other animals live here?' asked the doctor.
2: "'Oh, yes, indeed,'
0: said the Pifilosaurus.
2: "'This island is entirely peopled by harmless, vegetable-eating creatures. "'If we had the others, of course, we wouldn't last long. "'But come, I will show you around the island. "'Let us go quietly up that valley there.' so that we shan't be seen till we reach the cover of the woods
0: then john Dolittle and jip were taken by the pipilosaurus all over the island of no man's land the doctor said afterward that he had never had a more enjoyable or more instructive day the shores of the island all around were high and steep which gave it the appearance jip had spoken of like a plum pudding but in the center on top there was a deep and pleasant hollow invisible from the sea and sheltered from the winds in this great bowl a good thirty miles across the pipilosauruses had lived at peace for a thousand years eating ripe bananas and frolicking in the sun down by the banks of the streams the doctor was shown great herds of hippopotami feeding on the luscious reeds that grew at the water's edge in the wide fields of high grass there were elephants and rhinoceri browsing on the slopes where the forests were sparse he spied long-necked giraffes nibbling from the trees monkeys and deer of all kinds were plentiful and birds swarmed everywhere in fact every kind of creature that does not eat meat was there living peaceably and happily with the others in this land where vegetable food abounded and the disturbing tread of man was never heard standing on the top of the hill with jip and the epiphylosaurus at his side the doctor gazed down over the wide bowl full of contented animal life and heaved a sigh this beautiful land could also have been called
1: the animal's paradise he murmured long may they enjoy it to themselves may this indeed be no man's
0: land for ever
2: you doctor
0: said the deep voice of the pifilasoorus at his elbow
2: "are the first human in a thousand years that has set foot here the last one was king kakabuchi's mother-in-law by the way
1: what really became of her" asked the doctor "the natives believe she was turned into a dragon you know
2: we married her off"
0: said the great creature nibbling idly at a lily stalk
2: We couldn't stand her here any more than the king could. You never heard anybody talk so in all your life. Yes, we carried her one dark night by sea far down the coast of Africa and left her at the palace door of a deaf king who ruled over a small country south of the Congo River. He married her. Of course, being deaf, he didn't mind her everlasting chatter in the least
0: and now for several days the doctor forgot all about his post office work and king coco and his ship at anchor and everything else for he was kept busy from morning to night with all the animals who wanted to consult him about different things many of the giraffes were suffering from sore hoofs and he showed them where to find a special route that could be put into a foot bath and would bring immediate relief the rhinoceros horns were growing too long and john doolittle explained to them how by grinding them against a certain kind of stone and by eating less grass and more berries they could keep the growth down a special sort of nut-tree that the deer were fond of had grown scarce and almost died out from constant nibbling and the doctor showed the chief stags how by taking a few nuts and poking them down into the soft earth with their hoofs Before the rainy season set in, they could make new trees grow and so increase the supply. One day, while he was pulling out a loose tooth for a baby hippopotamus with his watch chain, Speedy the skimmer turned up, looking rather annoyed. Well, said the neat little bird, settling down on the ground at his feet. I have found
3: you at last, Doctor. I've been hunting all over creation for you.
1: Oh, hello, Speedy said the doctor glad to see you
3: did you want me for something why of course i did
0: said speedy
3: we finished the nesting season two days ago and you had said you wanted to see me about some special business as soon as it was over i went to your house but dab-dab had no idea where you could be then i hunted all over At last, I heard some gossiping boatmen down at the harbor say that you came to this island five days ago and had never returned. All the Fantippans have given you up for lost. They say you have surely been eaten by the dragons that live here. I got an awful fright, though, of course, (laughs) I didn't quite believe the dragon story. Still, you had been gone so long i didn't know what to make of it the post office as you can imagine is in a worse mess than ever
0: hmm. said the doctor who had now got the loose tooth out and was showing the baby hippo how to rinse his mouth in the river i'm sorry i suppose i should have sent you a message
1: but i've been so awfully busy let's go up under the shade of those palms and sit down it was about the post office that i wanted to talk to you
0: chapter eight the swiftest mail in the world so the doctor and jip and speedy the skimmer sat down in the shade of the palm trees and for the first time plans for that great service which was to be known as the swallow mail were discussed now my idea speedy is
1: this said the doctor regular foreign mails are difficult for the fantippo post office because so few boats ever called there to bring or take the mails. Now, how would it be if you swallows did the letter carrying?
3: Well, said Speedy, that would be possible, but, of course, we could only do it during certain months of the year when we were in Africa, and then we could only take letters to the mild and warm countries. We should get frozen if we had to carry mail where severe winters were going on
1: oh of course said the doctor i wouldn't expect you to do that but i had thought we might get the other birds to help cold climate birds hot climate birds and temperate and if some of the trips were too far or disagreeable for one kind of birds to make we could deliver the mail in relays i mean for instance a letter going from here to the north pole could be carried by the swallows as far as the north end of africa From there it would be taken by thrushes up to the top of Scotland. There, seagulls would take it from the thrushes and carry it as far as Greenland. And from there, penguins would take it to the North Pole. What do you think?
3: I think it might be all right,
0: said Speedy.
3: If we can get the other birds to go in with us on the idea.
0: Well, you see, said John
1: doodle I think we might. "'because we could use the mail service for the birds themselves, "'and the animals, too, to send their letters by, "'as well as the
3: "'But, doctor, birds and animals don't send letters,'
1: said Speedy. "'No,' said the doctor. "'But there's no reason why they shouldn't begin. "'Neither did people write nor send letters once upon a time. "'But as soon as they began, they found it very useful and convenient.' So would the birds and animals. We could have the head office here in this beautiful island, in this animal's paradise. You see, my idea is, firstly, a post office system for the education and betterment of the animal kingdom. And secondly, a good foreign mail for the Fantippins. Do you think we could ever find some way by which birds could write
0: letters?
3: Oh, yes, I think so,
0: said Speedy.
3: We swallows for instance always leave marks on houses where we have nested which are messages for those who may come after us look
0: speedy scratched some crosses and signs in the sand at the doctor's feet
3: that means don't build your nest in this house they have a cat here and
0: this the skimmer made four more signs in the sand
3: this means good house flies plentiful folks quiet Building mud can be found behind the stable. Splendid,
0: cried the
1: doctor. It's a kind of shorthand. You say a whole sentence in four
3: signs. And then,
0: Speedy went on,
3: nearly all other kinds of birds have a sign language of their own. For example, the kingfishers have a way of marking the trees along the river to show where good fishing is to be found. And thrushes have signs, too. One I've often seen on stones which means crack your snail shells here that's so the thrushes won't go throwing their snail shells all over the place and scare the live snails into keeping out of sight
1: there you are said the doctor i always thought you birds had at least the beginnings of a written language otherwise you couldn't be so clever now all we have to do is to build up on these signs a regular and proper system of bird writing and i have no doubt whatever that with the animals we can do the same thing then we'll get the swallow mail going and we'll have animals and birds writing letters to one another all over the world and to people too if they want to i suspect said
0: speedy
3: that you'll find most of the letters will be written to you doctor i've met birds all over creation who wanted to know what you looked like what you ate for breakfast and all sorts of silly things about you
1: "'Well,' said the doctor, "'I won't mind that, but my idea is firstly an educational one. With a good post-office system of their own, I feel that the condition of the birds and animals will be greatly bettered. Only today, for example, some deer on this very island asked me what they should do about their nut trees, which were nearly eaten up. I showed them at once how they could plant seeds and grow more trees.' Heaven knows how long they have been going on short rations, but if they'd only been able to write to me, I could have told them long ago,
0: by swallow-mail. Then the doctor and Jip went back to Fantippo, carried by the Pyphilosaurus, who landed them on the shore under cover of night, so no one would see them. And in the morning John Doolittle called upon the king again. "'Your Majesty,' said the doctor, i have now a
1: plan to provide your country with an excellent service of foreign mails if you will agree to what i suggest
0: good said the king
4: my majesty is listening proceed let me offer you a lollipop
0: the doctor took one a green one from the box the king held out to him king coco was very proud of the quality of his lollipops made in the royal candy kitchen HE WAS NEVER WITHOUT ONE HIMSELF, AND ALWAYS WORE IT HUNG AROUND HIS NECK ON A RIBBON. AND WHEN HE WASN'T SUCKING IT, HE USED TO HOLD IT UP TO HIS EYE AND PEER THROUGH IT AT HIS COURTIERS. HE HAD SEEN WHITE MEN USING QUIZZING GLASSES, AND HE HAD HIS LOLLIPOPS MADE THIN AND TRANSPARENT SO HE COULD USE THEM IN THIS ELEGANT MANNER. BUT CONSTANT LOLLIPOPS HAD RUINED HIS FIGURE AND MADE HIM DREADFULLY STOUT however as fatness was considered a sign of greatness in fantippo he didn't mind that my plan said the doctor
1: is this the domestic mails of fantippo after i have instructed the postman a little more can be carried by your own people but the handling of foreign mails as well as the domestic ones is too much for them and besides you have so few boats calling at your port so I propose to build a floating post-office for the foreign mails, which shall be anchored close to the island called—
0: The doctor only just stopped himself in time from speaking the dreaded name. Er um, close to the island I spoke of to you the other
1: day.
4: I don't like that,
0: said the king, frowning. Your Majesty need have no fear, the doctor put in hurriedly.
1: "'It will never be necessary for any of your people to land upon the island. "'The foreign mail post office will be a houseboat, "'anchored a little way out from the shore, "'and I will not need any Fantippin postman to run it at all. "'On the contrary, I make it a special condition on your part that, um, "'the island we are speaking of shall continue to be left undisturbed for all time. "'I am going to run the foreign mail's office in my own way.' With special postmen of my own. When the Fantippans wish to send out letters to foreign lands, they must come by canoe and bring them to the houseboat post office. But incoming letters addressed to the people of Fantippo shall be delivered at the doors of the houses in the regular way. What do you say to that? I agree, said the king.
4: But the stamps must all have my beautiful face upon them, and no other
1: very good said the doctor that can be arranged but it must be clearly understood that from now on the foreign mails shall be handled by my own postman in my way and after i have got the domestic post office running properly in fan you must see to it that it continues to work in order if you will do that in a few weeks time i think i can promise you that your kingdom shall have
0: the finest mail service in the world then the doctor asked speedy to send off messages through the birds to every corner of the earth and to ask all the leaders of seagulls tom tits magpies thrushes stormy petrels finches penguins vultures snow buntings wild geese and the rest to come to no man's land because john dolittle wanted to speak to them and in the meantime he went back and continued the work of getting the domestic mail service in good running order at the post office at fantippo so the good speedy sent off messengers and all around the world and back again word was passed from bird to bird that john Dolittle, the famous animal doctor wished to see all the leaders of all kinds of birds great and small and presently in the big hollow at the center of no man's land they began to arrive after three days speedy came to the doctor and said
3: all right doctor they are ready for you now
0: a good strong canoe had by this time been put at the doctor's service by the king who was also having the post-office houseboat built at the doctor's orders so john dolittle got into his canoe and came at length to the same hill where he had before gazed out over the pleasant hollow of the animal's paradise and with the skimmer on his shoulder he looked down into the great sea of bird faces leaders all every kind from a hummingbird to an albatross and taking a palm-leaf and twisting it into a trumpet so that he could make himself heard he began his great inauguration speech to the leaders which was to set working the famous swallow-mail service after the doctor had finished his speech and told the leaders what it was he meant to do the birds of the world applauded by whistling and screeching and flapping their wings so that the noise was terrible and in the streets of fantippo the natives whispered it about That the dragons were fighting one another in no man's land then the doctor passed down among the birds and taking a notebook he spoke to each leader in turn asking him questions about the signs and sign language that his particular kind of bird was in the habit of using and the doctor wrote it all down in the notebook and took it home with him and worked over it all night promising to meet the leaders again the following day and on the morrow crossing once again to the island he went on with the discussion and planning and arrangement it was agreed that the swallow mail service should have its head office here in no man's land and that there should be branch offices at cape horn greenland in christmas island tahiti Kashmir, tibet and Puddleby on the marsh most of the mails were arranged so that those birds who migrated or went to other lands in the winter and back again in summer should carry the letters on their regular yearly journeys And as there are some kinds of birds crossing from one land to another in almost every week of the year this took care of much of the males without difficulty Then of course there were all those birds who didn't leave their homelands in winter, but stay in one country all the time the leaders of these had come under special guidance of other birds to oblige the doctor by being present at the great meeting They promised to have their people all the year round take care of letters that were brought to their particular countries to be delivered so between one thing and another much of the planning and arrangement of the service was got through in these first two meetings then the doctor and the leaders agreed upon a regular kind of simple easy writing for all birds to use so that the addresses on the envelopes could be understood and read by the post birds and at last john doodle sent them off home again To instruct their relatives in this new writing and reading and explain to all the birds of all the world how the post office was going to work and how much good he hoped it would do for the education and betterment of the animal kingdom then he went home and had a good sleep the next morning he found that king koko had got his post office houseboat ready and finished and very smart it looked it was paddled out and anchored close to the shore of the island Then Dab-Dab, Jip, Tutu, Gub-Gub, the Push-Me-Pull-You, and the White Mouse were brought over. And the doctor gave up his house on the main street of Fantippo and settled down to live at the Foreign Mail's post office for the remainder of his stay. And now John Dolittle and his animals got tremendously busy arranging the post office, its furniture, the stamp drawers, the postcard drawers, the weighing scales, the sorting bags, and all the rest of the paraphernalia dab dab of course was housekeeper as usual and she saw to it that the post office was swept properly every morning jip was the watchman and had charge of locking up at night and opening in the morning tutu with his head for mathematics was given the bookkeeping and he kept account of how many stamps were sold and how much money was taken in the doctor ran the information window and answered the 101 questions that people are always asking at post offices and the good and trusty speedy was here there and everywhere and this was how the first letter was sent off by the swallow mail king Coco himself came one morning and putting his large face in at the information window asked
4: what is the fastest foreign mail delivery ever made by any post office anywhere in the world
1: the british post office is now boasting said the doctor they did can get a letter from london to canada in fourteen
0: days all right said the king
4: here's a letter to a friend of mine who runs a shoeshine parlor in alabama let me see how quickly you can get me an answer to it
0: now the doctor really had not got everything ready yet to work the foreign mails properly and he was about to explain to the king but speedy hopped up on the desk and whispered give me that letter doctor we'll show him Then, going outside, he called for Quip the carrier. "'Quip,' said Speedy,
3: "'take this letter to the Azores as fast as you can. There! You'll just catch the white-tailed Carolina Warblers, about to make their summer crossing to the United States. Give it to them, and tell them to get the answer back here as quick as they know how.'
0: In a flash Quip was gone seaward. It was four o'clock in the afternoon when the King brought that letter to the doctor and when his majesty woke up in the morning and came down to breakfast there was the answer to it lying beside his plate part one